You're listening to Marketing and Mocktails with Manal Sampat, a previously recorded Facebook Live episode inside the group Marketing and Mocktails with Manal, where dental professionals discuss, share, and learn about dental marketing. Manal Sampat is an entrepreneur, speaker, healthcare provider, and enthusiastic shoe lover. She's been featured in the Huffington Post, Dentistry IQ, Forbes, the Guinness Book of World Records, and more. Join her as she discusses marketing, team, business growth with other industry experts. And if you'd like to receive 10 ways to improve your marketing today, simply text the word resources to 38470. Tell me where you're watching from and uh, who you are so I can tell you who you are and where you're watching from. Wait, Manal, can I say right now, I see her already. Your biggest fan is on here. She's on my team. She loves me, but Jessica Tucker is on here and she loves you. She's more excited about you than me, I think. So we're going to call Jessica out right away. Hi, Jessica. Thank you for being here. What? I, oh, yep. We have people commenting. Hi, Jennifer. Jennifer Young says hello to us. Hey, hello. Jennifer. She was in Jamaica with me. Oh, perfect. Jessica Tucker is saying, good evening, ladies. Hi, Jess. So good to see you today. Uh, we have more people coming in. As you're coming in, please tell us, like I said, where you are, who you are, <laughs> and uh, what questions you have. Because today's episode is probably going to be, and I shouldn't say this out loud, but I will, because why not? Uh, probably going to be one of my favorite episodes. Because Laura and I, we kind of, we met each other a few years ago. We were just talking about that a few years ago at uh, DDMC, which is Dental Digital Marketing Conference that's held by My Social Practice and Crown Council. You may have heard me speak about this conference a couple of times. And Laura spoke there. Um, you know, you spoke there. And that was one of my first huge meetings where I spoke as well. Um, you know, and ever since then, we have seen each other. We're in the same organizations, SCN and ADMC and Smiles at Sea and... Yeah. All, all the same kind of places, right? And front, yep. and if, if people don't know what is, you know, front office rocks yet, I think you're living under a rock because by now you probably know what it is because everybody Hopefully. needs to. Laura, I, I have to tell you though, because so many people that I speak to, they already know what it is. And um, they like, they love the program. They are very, very excited That's about great. it. They love the program. You know, usually in this conversation, I have you tell us a little bit about you, but we're, let's jump in and then you can tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Why Front Office Rocks? Why that name? Well, so when I first decided to start this, um, I was I was surveying dentists and, and teams, and I was kind of trying to find a way to come up with a name that resonated. And it kind of narrowed down to Front Office Rocks and Front Office Administrators, Front Office Systems, Front Office, something like that. And I surveyed a bunch of doctors and office managers in a seminar. And I asked, when I say front office systems, front office administrator versus front office rocks, tell me what you feel. And people felt, you know, business and systems and, and you know, everyday stuff. But when they heard front office rocks, they felt energy. They felt excitement. They felt um, alive. They felt happy. And so that's really what I wanted my business to be about was, you know, one of my biggest philosophies is if it's not fun, don't do it. That's my thing. If it's not fun, don't do it. And that doesn't mean you can't have a job you don't. I mean, it means jump into your job and really love it or find a job that you love. Right. Mm -hmm. And so front office rocks for me was I wanted to show that the front office, we haven't had enough love in our industry so far. And we're the rock stars in the front. I mean, we, we have amazing dental assistants, hygienists and dentists, but nobody's really given the front office love. So my idea was to not only show us that we're rock stars, to remind us that we're rock stars, to show our doctors that we're rock stars and the rest of the team that the front office matters. And then just to have everybody understand that the front office is the first and last impression for every appointment. So we have to be rock stars, right? I mean, there's there's no choice because patients want that, expect it, need it. So that's kind of why I came up with front office rocks instead of, I don't know, front office administrators. That just seemed boring. It, it does, it, you know, it adds, a simple word like that rocks, you know, awesome, right. high five, a simple word like that puts so much energy right. into, you know, into your company or into your brand. And like you said, what it is that you are trying to really relate to them and say, this yeah. is not just us doing boring stuff with our front desk or front desk members. It's really about how do we make this fun? And right. so much of, you know, I started my career in dentistry as I did, I was hired uh, by this awesome practice that 
there wasn't hiring because I graduated in 2008, okay. which is like the height of recession. <laughs> right. And um, this practice that I had shadowed had said, come on in, you know, when you're finished with school, Manal, tell us what you want to do. And I had studied biology and communications, communication marketing, and I still wasn't sure if I wanted to go to dental school, if I wanted to open up a business, I didn't have, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So this office that had offered me that position, I called them up and I said, hey, I'm ready, I'm graduated. Here I am, you know, what, what are we gonna do? Right. So the office manager, she uh, picks up the phone and then I call the office and she tells me on the phone, we are not hiring. We have no nobody to hire. They already had over 50 people working in this practice. It's a big, big practice, wow. 25,000 patients practice. And she's like, we don't need anybody. Like we don't have anybody that we're hiring. But why everyone don't you should be hiring? That's one. Just one tip right here. You should always be hiring. Always well, be looking for people, right? Well, so what happened was she tells me to come in at lunchtime, and I know that's their lunchtime because I shadowed the practice. So I figured I'm probably going to go have lunch with the doctors, you know. Well, the next thing I know, I walk in, I am being interviewed by the office manager. And the dentist who's the owner comes in uh, during the interview, you know, once we are done. And again, like I said, they knew me because I was shadowing them, comes in and says, so Manal, we have no position for you, but we just want you. So we're going to figure this out. We right. want you in our practice and we are going to figure this out and you can go ahead and you will train in different departments. Uh, we'll go ahead and see where you fit in. So I was on the welcome desk. I was doing, I, I was the first person that many patients saw. I was doing scheduling. I did uh, insurance. I did, I was there after work calling people to, you know, confirm their appointments. I was in the lab. I did assisting. And then obviously I took over their marketing and that's where my journey for marketing began. Right. Um, and, you know, looking back at it, it's like what you said, going back to, you should always be hiring. Right. So many, and I, I'm actually, this is a, we're already on a tangent, so we're chasing squirrels here, but I'm, I'm, I am on a mission to change the way dentistry looks at the front office. So first is I've been in dentistry since 2002 and I talked to a lot of dentists and they said, Laura, I need to hire somebody with dental experience in the front. And I'm like, no, you don't, no, you don't. You can train them dental experience. You know, we can teach them codes and numbers and teeth and all that. We need somebody with a good personality and somebody who's a troubleshooter. So that's what front office rocks came to be. My second venture was to teach the dentist what should be happening in the front. Cause most of the time dentists have no idea what should be happening in the front cause they were never trained in that. So I wrote my book, step away from the drill to teach dentists like what to expect in the front. But my third venture is I can train them and I can teach you what's happening in the front if they're a good person. So it's about hiring. If you can hire the right person, we can train them. If you hire the wrong person, right? Wrong person, wrong seat in the bus. You got to move them on. You got to move on. And most dentists are not good at that. So you should always be looking for the great people because we get so set sometimes and just waiting until we're desperate to fill a position that it's so desperate. We just hire anybody, which is not a good thing to do. And I think that's a, such a clever way of saying it is higher personality and hire yeah. somebody who can be trained. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you can provide the training, you can read yeah. things and uh, you can provide the training, but that person has to be excited about it. Yeah. And they need to be involved and they need to care. Yeah. Um, you know, that's to be a great that point. Team. There's a graph and it's literally caring and, and experience. And you can have somebody who really has, you know, a lot of caring, but low experience. But if they care and you can train them, they can get the experience. But if you have somebody with high experience, but they really don't care, which is a lot of people, and I'm challenging people listening to this, there's a lot of us who know all the ins and outs of insurance and everything about every plan. But if you don't care anymore, that's a problem, right? And doctors, if you have somebody who just doesn't care and they don't want to learn and they don't want to grow and they don't want to try new things, then it, maybe it's time to, to, I don't know. I'm not saying advocating this at this point. I'm just saying care and, and really trying is a huge thing. Well, so, you know, when I look at my journey and where I started, what if that practice never gave me a chance? Right. Who's to say where I would be today? Right. Who's to say, uh, you know, they, they saw something obviously. And like you said, they hired for personality because they're like, we need just, we just need you in the practice. We're, we're going to figure this out. But not only did they do that, they supported me. Right. So this is, you know, this was a time, 2008. This is when 
social media was just launched in 2004, really, with Facebook and everything. So this was all very new. And this is when I started taking over their social media. I mean, I, I had Facebook when Facebook was released with your picture on it. And that said, it was only for college kids. Like all of us college kids used to be on it, figuring out where we are meeting up for dinner. Um, you know, not, it wasn't this global phenomenon that it is today. But they allowed me to experiment. Um, right. They put not only their money in educating me, like, you know, again, I was a college kid. I, you know, 21 year old, uh, just graduated college. And right. even though I had jobs before, this is this was the real world. Like this is, you know, this is not your right. two hour job during your work study in college or anything like that. Um, and they did, and they supported me. And they're like, hey, so what are some conferences you wanna to go to? What are some places that you want to learn? So it wasn't just, hiring a personality because i'm seeing this happening in a lot of practices you know from a as a marketing strategist i try to train team members inside the practice to handle their marketing look at not social media as a small piece of that pie but look at the whole picture and sometimes they hire somebody and they're like well but no i hired this person shouldn't they just know everything like they do marketing yeah. and I'm like yeah well there is marketing yeah. and there is dental marketing right. and then there is your office well, and then there's also, you probably feel this in marketing, like once you know it all, it changes, right? And so in the dental office, I have so many people that I talk to, they're like, well, I know it all. I don't need to learn it. Like, I don't need to learn anymore. Everything is changing all the time. You as a as a team member, as a doctor, as, as a group, you have to be growing and learning because social media is changing all the time. Marketing is changing all the time. Codes are changing all the time. Customer service enhancement, everything changes. We have to grow and adapt. To, to continue, you can't, you can't be the same person you were 10 years ago. And the other part about it is also, it's not even just the same person, like unfortunately or fortunately, however you wanna see it, we live in a world that changes every single minute, constantly. Right. Here's, here's an embarrassing example. So if some of you may have noticed if you're active on Instagram, Instagram did a whole new layout last week, like boom. Here's a whole new layout. Here's a whole new everything. Everything new, new is happening on Instagram and Facebook did a whole new layout and stuff. Well, I was literally in the middle of training somebody on Instagram and Instagram changed everything that was happening. Right. And then I had to offer a free training because I, I want to make, I always want to make sure that what I'm doing and what I'm teaching is up to date. So we had to schedule another complimentary training because Instagram right. went ahead and was like, screw you and all, I'm just gonna change everything for you and you're just gonna have to redo everything. Um, right. And that's true with everything that we are doing. That's true, yeah. you know, not just with social media or marketing, but like right. you said, the way insurances are done. I mean, we have yeah. membership plans now and the way you code and the way you add new doctors into a practice, even, right. even the way people are communicating, you know, it's, well, it's and I think also I talk about this when I speak. I think we get into a dental box. We get we get set in a in our ways, right? And so even if things aren't necessarily changing in your practice like a lot, if you start to think you know it all, then you can't learn anything, right? If you're like I I know this, I know this, I you then you're not open to learning, right? And this happened to me. I had somebody that worked for me, and she was the number two person in the practice. She knew everything about the EagleSoft or, or Dentrix and the software and everything. And then we did a, a software conversion, and we went to a brand new software. Well, when you go to a brand new software, nobody knows anything about anything. And she was now challenged with, I don't know it all anymore. And that's like this, like we're all brand new in a new job. And so you just have to be really open to the fact that if you think you know it all and you're not willing to learn, you're gonna get stagnant. You're gonna get boring. You're gonna get, you're gonna get behind, right? So you really need to make sure that you're willing to be open to learn all the time. And so you bring me to a very interesting point right now, because you know this is such a layered, layer topic like you and I were talking about earlier yeah. we, we both can just go on tangents and talk about these things right but it's a totally. layer topic right because what I feel is that no matter how you look at it from a front office point of view there has to be this sort of yes the ability to learn more and that happens not only with learning a new system or learning a new program but also learning to work with others to communicate sure 
with your team and sure. to have the verbal yeah. skills for your patients because you are the ones who are scheduling them, converting them. I mean, you know, yeah. these are the people who are in a way kind of making sure that the practice is running. Right. Yeah. Um, well, honestly, that's where, you know, I started originally with teaching front office mm -hmm. systems and verbal skills and all that. But now I'm teaching how to have difficult conversations, how to get drama out of the office, you know, how to how to have a good team meeting, how to deal with the troublemaker. Because the reality is, as you start to grow and do better, you still have these things right these these intangible things that are happening in your practice whether it's better communication better team meeting less drama what all and so a lot of that is teachable it's not mm -hmm. it's not not teachable you just have to be willing to learn it you have to be willing to to grow and there's so many amazing doctors now i'm so thankful especially with group you know, like with you and online and everything that there's so many resources for them to learn it. It's, we're not set in a box, you know, over here where we, we have to go to a state meeting or something to learn it. We can come and learn from, you know, great people, but you have to be willing to, because if you sit there like this and go, I already know this, I, I already know this. Well, you're going to be the person that's going to get left behind or the problem, you know, the problem person on the team. So you don't want to be that person. And it's, and you know, it's it, so. Here's a question that um, somebody just just messaged to me that they want us to, they want us to ask is, and I think it's a popular question, so we might as well. Cell phones. Okay. On the front desk. What do right. we do about those? So I'm going to start with my disclaimer. You got to check HR and legal, right? <laughs> I mean, you got to check HR and legal. I'm going to say that up front. Um, here's my I I guess here's my philosophy with cell phones and all that. Um, it's an overall cultural thing. So if you want your team to play by rules, your doctor has to play by rules, your office manager has to play by rules. So I know in our office, our doctor threw their cell phone in their pocket and when it vibrated, they'd look at it when they were walking down the hall. Well, doctors, if you want your teammates not to have their cell phones, then you need to leave yours at the desk too, right? Um, and I know every state and HR law is different, so I'm not gonna go there, but I think that the team needs to understand the why behind what they're doing. And every I know every time my phone rings, my phone's right here, right? And I looked down twice because it vibrated. And I was like, okay, I, you lose the focus on the person in front of you. So if a patient's standing in front of you and the phone vibrates, it, it does take your mental attention. Even if you're not checking it, it's not a great thing. So my personal, my philosophy in my office was leave them in the lockers, leave them in the break room, check them on breaks, check them at lunch. Legally, HR, I don't know, you have to check all that, but I just think that they are a distraction. When you're here, we're paying you for a job. That being said, there's a lot of people who are starting to talk about like the iPhone, like the little messaging systems yeah. on the watch and stuff. Mm -hmm. Those freaking drive me crazy, and this is my own humble opinion, but if I'm sitting here right now, if we're talking and I go like this, because I, you're gonna think I got a text or something, and it might be a message from the front to the back, but as a patient, how does that come off? So my personal thought is cell phones if, if anything if you have them up front or wherever in a drawer check them when it's appropriate not in front of patients don't ultimately our why is to take care of our patients we have to remember what our why is mm -hmm. if we're too distracted by phones we're too distracted by other things gossip other things we're not fully taking care of our patients that's going to be a problem because one day the patient's going to go somewhere else and we don't have a job right, right. so we really need to be here for our patients so kind of a long a long answer to I know it's a touchy situation but the doctor and office manager really need to to prove walk the walk if they want the team to do it I agree to that I mean you know that your team's going to follow what the leader does yep. so yep. If the leader is the one on the phone all the time then it's not going yep. to it's not going to work out you know what I used to um, have with a cell phone policy was we because you, you could take, you know, you could take a quick break, right? So if you need, like you said, if you have it in your staff room or if yeah. you have it somewhere where it's a, it's a staff lounge or uh, wherever the staff member can kind of go and hide, yeah. you really need to use it um, to see, you know, quickly if there is something happening or there's an emergency um, or anything like that. You can do that. And I am with you on this. And it sounds funny coming from me who's, you know, constantly digitally connected. I can't do an Apple Watch. Yeah, so the way I, I am, <laughs> the way I am right now, I will never sleep. It's yeah, it'd be all the time. Yeah, it's too much. It's too much distraction. So I don't even do that because I can't. 
And so one of the things that I told in my office with my team is if you have a true emergency or potential emergency, like nurses from kids school, um, somebody's sick, um, you're waiting to hear about you just bought a house and you want to see if it got approved, leave those messages at the front and say, hey, interrupt me and let me know if this person calls in. There's a better, you're going to be less distracted, be able to focus if you're a receptionist or office manager, whoever answered the phone could come get you and say, hey, that, that phone call you've been waiting for is here versus going to check your phone all the time. So my philosophy was tell us what's going on in your life, like what's going on, whether it's good or bad or whatever, and we'll support you. We want to support you. Don't hide and go check your phone all the time because I'm looking at this and thinking, what is it, social media? Like, what is it, a text? Like, let us know what's going on and we'll support you, of course. I, yeah, and I think that's such a great way of looking at it and saying, and that also keeps an open communication. Yeah. Right. To the people who are working with you and there is this uh, sense of, okay, well, I can go and talk about this or I can right. speak about this. So yeah. there's also, like you said, always check with the HR laws and all that. Obviously, you don't want to get in somebody else's mess or right. private life, but there are ways that you can have that open communication. And that brings me to my next question for you. Verbal skills. Verbal so, skills, yes. Yes, so much of what I think, you know, the front desk is, judged on i you know it's almost it's judgment i think it's judgment by patients on how they communicate and what kind of verbal skills they have do you think that's true do you think it's important for front desk to have those skills well i mean i'm gonna flip it around because i never like to think negative stuff so i don't know if it's judgment but i believe that patients um they they don't know if we're good dentists or not they don't know if you're a good hygienist or dentist in the office they only know how they feel when they're in the office and the front office is the first and last impression of every appointment. So how we take care of our patients and how we communicate to them is huge. So yes, I believe that verbal skills are huge. I do not believe in scripts. I don't think scripts work. I think they sound, you know, when you call a place and it's like, uh, I haven't asked these 20 questions, you're like, oh my gosh, just handle what I have to handle. So I don't think scripts work. I do think you need role playing. I do think you need to train. That's one of the reasons I started Front Office Rocks is because of training. But my biggest thing is it has to come from the heart. Your team members need to believe what they're saying and they need to know the why behind it. Why is it important that we get you scheduled for your next appointment? Why is it important we ask you for a referral or review? Why is it important that we get you to pay the bill? And if they believe it and they know the why and then they know their heart is behind it and they're trained on it, the patients are gonna believe it and love it too. So it's kind of a whole cultural change, but yeah, I mean, verbal skills are huge. and verbal and nonverbal. Okay. So there's verbal, what we've been told to say or what we're supposed to say. And then there's nonverbal because if I'm like, yeah, can you give us a review? Because doctor wants us a review, we have to do 10 a week. I mean, the patients are going to feel that, right? Mm -hmm. So your nonverbal has to match your verbal. It really, they have to feel your energy, your aura. And so if you have the right culture, you have the right training, you have the right people, you're going to do great with patients. You know, it, it's it's a great point, again, once again, because a part of me is saying, yes, you know, I study nonverbal communication and verbal communication. In fact, I worked as a fax coder. Do you know about facial action coding system? I know of it. Yeah, my master's in organizational development, so I've done a ton of training on this. Right. Perfect. So yeah. I was a fax coder where you okay. code nonverbal communication. And you literally stare at five minute video for four hours because you're coding every single moment on somebody's face. And that data is then used to see if a person's lying and all that stuff. But you're so true in the nonverbal communication. Like you can be super happy, but if your nonverbal communication is not aligned right. Right. with your verbal communication, it's not going to work. And the, the key things that I see in the front that that makes a big, big difference is how we answer the phone. Mm -hmm. because you give off nonverbal vibes on the phone, right? Oh. Like, I mean, you know, Dr. Safas, can, can, I, can I help you? Well, you're, that just sounds like you're busy and you're interrupting me, right? Or my favorite is I call and they've got a script that somebody gave them and they're like, it's a sunny day at ABC. <laughs> like, I don't think it's a sunny day, right? Or nonverbal if you're afraid of asking for money or afraid of reappointing the patient. So you're like, um, um, uh, you're supposed to pay 500 a day. How would you like, to, like if your nonverbal isn't confident, it doesn't matter what you say, the patient's not going to pay you because you're giving off vibes that you're busy, you're, 
you're not interested, you're scared, you're worried. So yeah, nonverbal is like way louder than verbal. And you know, so we have, a, we just had a couple of questions coming. The first question Melinda is asking is, how do you convey the importance of patient relationships with your front desk? Well, my big philosophy is always starting with why. So you got to start to the beginning, right? So, so many times we train, I know when I started in the dental office, it was like, do this, do this, do this. I mean, everybody listening to us probably can remember their first day in the dental office. It's like, here's the phone, here's our insurance plans, here's our codes, go, right? <laughs> and then you're like, how do I do this in the software? They're like, just do it this way. Nobody tells you why. So I would go back to why, right? And I would honestly, if you have an established office already, an established team, start over a little bit and go, why, why are we here, right? I'm having a meeting with my team tomorrow. We're gonna to talk about why, why are we here? What's our purpose? It's not about money. It's not about overhead. It's not about collections. It's not about production. It's not about new patients. It's about helping our patients keep their teeth for life. That's ultimately why we're here. We are in an industry that makes a difference, that helps our patients keep their teeth for life. And our front office team members need to understand how impactful they are in that, right? But unfortunately, we come in and we beat them down over production, collections, insurance, and, and all of that is things we have to do, right? They're all part of our why. But start over and go through everything and go, why is this important? I always say when you're going to train an employee on any task, confirmation calls. What's the purpose of a confirmation call? Why, why, is, why do we do them? And ultimately it's their butts in the chair. Get the patient's butt in the chair. When the patient's butt's in the chair, we can help them keep their teeth for life. So that's our goal, right? But so many times we just tell our teams how to do things. So if you go up and you go, I really need you to give good customer service. Awesome, how? Just smile and stuff. Okay, <laughs> awesome, right? I mean, that's just, people aren't gonna feel it. But if you guys say, listen, we're the last impression or the first impression for every patient experience and patients will do more dentistry with us if they feel comfortable here and you take care of them and ultimately we can help them keep their teeth for life. Now that smile is genuine because that employee, if they're the right employee, understands their purpose behind taking care of the patient. Start with the why. Start with the why, always start with the why. Everything always start with the why. Start with the why. Always right? start with the why, perfect. Well, we have another question that came in and it says, what attire is best for front desk, scrubs or business casual? That's funny because we just put that post up. We got a lot of comments on it. Um, I think it's, I mean, my own personal opinion in the front, I think it's business attire, you know, but it depends on your culture. Um, I think the culture of the practice matters. So if I'm in like downtown New York City, my team's probably gonna wear business, you know, business attire. I'm in SoCal, our team could be semi-casual like business, you know, they and my team could have like a nose ring or a tattoo, but maybe that wouldn't go over okay in Ohio, right? So, um, it, so it really just depends. I, I'm not a fan of scrubs in the front for two reasons. I think, and, and there's a disclaimer on that, so I don't want people to go, well, we were scrubs, like there, I have some, you know, um, parts that I believe it's okay, but overall I think it's, we're talking to the patient about business and money and scheduling. So they expect some sort of like business conversation. And secondly, it's very easy to get pulled in the back when you're in scrubs in the front. Like all of a sudden we need a room turnover, we need an assistant and we can grab the receptionist and she can assist. And I'm not a fan of that personally for two reasons. I hate being in the back. <laughs> I hate assisting. But secondly, I just it's too easy to pull people from the front to the back and we need to respect the people in the front, right? That being said, I think things like pediatric offices, maybe that's okay because there's kids, um, you know, maybe ortho offices because they're doing consultations. And so there's there's always, of course, um, you know, exceptions to every rule, but it really matters about your culture. It's it, That's the thing is, how does your doctor dress? What kind of patients do you attract? Who's in the office? If you're attracting business patients from like local businesses and you guys are all in scrubs especially if you're wearing 14 different cartoon outfits that have little pictures on them maybe not right maybe you need to step it up a little bit maybe wear scrubs with the same color so a lot of it has to do with what kind of patients are you bringing in the culture of your practice and what kind of cases are you trying to accept i agree about the culture because i have been through practices which are like you mentioned semi-casual, you know, it's okay for them to wear jeans and they wear a t-shirt with the practice logo. 
yeah. information, but their client base is also okay with that. Their right. patients are okay with that. Um, yeah. You know, and I have had working in the tech kind of industry. You know, most people in the tech industry are casual people. Yeah. My, uh, you know, my team makes fun of me because it's so when I speak with them, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm wearing my PJs right now while I'm doing this training call. And they're like, oh my God. But I'm like, they're not gonna see me ever doing that. If I if I'm seen, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother right. system. Because you have to you have to show your brand, obviously, right. which I think a lot of it is visual. Yeah. And people connect with that very quickly. And that right. includes your dress code. That includes what you're wearing. Right. And the second part of it is also you need to be able to connect your brand needs to be able to connect with your patients or your clients. Yeah. So whether it is, you know, if you have a food truck or if you have a fine dining restaurant, two right. different things, or right. you have a very, uh, you know, kind of a casual fun sandwich shop, um, you know, or you have a very, I can't get a reservation for six months kind of a shop, whatever right. it is, if you're a dental practice, kind of put yourself in that position and say, what are, my patients looking for what right. would my patients most of my patients feel comfortable with um, and then secondly what is my brand what is it that i'm trying to portray maybe you are you know located in a suburban area but maybe your practice culture or your target audience is to attract younger population maybe you right. want to attract college kids or you want to attract 20 years and 30 years old and you want to have a fun instagram wall or do a whole social media thing around it, or you have a reviews wall, you know, or you don't. <laughs> right, right. right? Um, we had a thing where we actually, it kind of slipped up, and this is what happens, I think, a lot of times in the offices. Like, we have a culture, we have a, a dress code, and then it kind of evolves. We had one where we did football Friday, and it was mm -hmm. during NFL. I'm a big Ravens fan, so my team was in the you know, playoffs, so everybody got to wear jerseys. And we, we could wear jeans and jerseys on Friday during NFL. And that was just jeans and jerseys on Friday during NFL. But it kind of went to January, February, March, and it became sort of jeans Friday. Well, then we started look, looking at it about a year later. And we're like, first of all, how did everybody start wearing jeans on Friday? It just sort of happened, right? Then I walk in and one of my best front office, she was our dental assistant. And then she went front office. She was wearing jean jeggings. So like, leggings that were like and i'm like mm, that is not appropriate now right then we started looking at our case acceptance on fridays from new patients so our current patients coming in they liked us they knew we were casual we're like classic rock office we have guitars on the wall right but our new patients coming in thought that was the culture of the practice all the time and our case acceptance was actually hurting on fridays from new patients and that was, and then we started looking around the two doctors and myself, and we were like, who decided we were doing jeans on Friday? And we were like, it just sort of happened. And it never was the decision, right? So sometimes you have to step back and go, maybe we've been doing things that's casual, like we everywhere wear scrubs, but maybe it's not working for your practice. Maybe it's time to actually put in some, you know, requirements around it for sure. And another thing that is also is the cleanliness of your office. Yes. Oh, and, and also your clothing. You yeah. know, if you're going to be wearing it and you are not ironing, yeah. and uh, you know you have wrinkles all over, or even in the back, especially because as a as a clinical, you know, as a dental hygienist, pediatric dental hygienist with a lot of a uh, lot of stuff that came on to me on my clothing as I was seeing a, a yeah. six month old kid. Um, you have to be careful with stuff like that. Because yep. you, I'm sure, you know, when I go into any of my healthcare providers office and I see the person approaching me or the person who's supposed to be my healthcare provider looking like a mess. Yeah. And again, it's so things happen. Life happens. Yep. Um, you know, right. either you need to be able to control that situation and your patients are going to be understanding. But cleanliness is one of those factors that I think most of us judge. Right. I think about. you're friends with Andrea Greer, right? Uh -huh, she does, yep. Yeah. Okay, so we just had a webinar with her on Front Office Rocks recently. It's not just about your image, too. It's about your office image, right? Mm -hmm. And that was huge. And I don't know how many people think about that. Like, we build our offices, they're so pretty and great, but are we taking care of them? 
Are we keeping our desks clean? Are we keeping the spider webs out of the corners? Are we changing the tile that has the, 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 you know, the water stain in it? Are we cleaning the tile floors? Are we fixing the paint? Because patients don't know how to judge us on dentistry. They only know how to judge us on how they feel. And your team is amazing and needs to be amazing. I say patients, there's three A's to experience. It's either amazing, awful, or, or average. Okay, so if you're awful, they're gonna go out and talk about you. If you're amazing, they're gonna go out and talk about you. But if you're average, they're not gonna talk about you. Then if they look around your office and it's mm, a B or a C, you've got some, you know, you've got some posters in the window that are all like faded out and they lay back and they can see a couple bugs in the light. All of those things matter. Like it really does matter. So I don't know if you've had to Andrea on yet or not, but yep. anybody who's looking, she's amazing on that. So yes, Andrea was a guest on the show as well, where we, you know, dug deep into it and talked about, yeah, um, yeah, because all of that is your environment. And right. how you live. it's just yeah. similar to when you have people coming over or when you have guests right. coming over, you kind of just go and make sure your house is clean regardless of how you live. <laughs> my favorite quote, my favorite quote she gave us is, you know how we rush around when guests are coming over to clean up our house, right? Well, in a dental office, guests are coming over every day. Exactly. So every day, guests are coming to your house. So you need to make sure that your house looks good. And this goes with everything. One of my biggest uh, pet peeves was when you look at the front desk and there is just paperwork everywhere. And, uh, you know, having like your coffee mug and then another glass of water. And then you have an open bag of chips and you are checking out a patient. Right. No. Be, beyond that, like I always tease, I'm a sticky note queen. I love sticky notes. Like I should have bought stock and sticky notes when I got into dentistry. Like, cause I love sticky notes. But if I've got 42 sticky notes in front of me and a patient says, can you verify blah, blah, blah for me and my insurance? Can you do, and I write it on a sticky note and I put it on my desk and I go, I got it. Do you think the patient really has any real security in the fact that I got it? Because I might know my system, but the impression is it's like um, today I was in a store and they were like, uh, uh, your, your, the information's not working. We'll just write it down. And I'm like, yeah, we'll see if that actually works. Right. Cause you just, you have to give the impression that you, you are organized. Maybe you are, maybe all those sticky notes matter and they're all in a certain order, but patients are judging, right? They're, they're wondering. And I think it goes all the way around. It also goes on the clinical part as well. Right. You know, even when you are, especially, especially in the back office, in the clinical office, because that's, that's supposed to be ultra clean. You are right. here you know, providing care to patients. So yeah. um, that needs to be a part of it. I have this weird thing and people are going to think that I am such a judgmental uh, person. I'm really not. I'm pretty casual. If you know me, if you met me in person, I'm pretty casual. But there are certain things like, for example, I tend to judge restaurants by their bathrooms. Oh, I think a lot of people do. How I know how clean their bathrooms are. Um, I tend to judge a few of those things that way. It's just I don't know why I do it, but it's one of those, it's, it's one of my pet peeves, I guess. Right. Um, even when I have my own desk and my desk is unorganized in a, in a weird way, I kind of feel like that's how my mind is. Right. So I immediately have to unorganize, like I immediately have to make sure everything is where it belongs. Right. Or I can't really function. Well, I agree. It's going to bother me. Right. So in that same way, you know, just be, be mindful of the image that you're giving. It's not just about the clothing you wear, but the environment you have. Um, and think I, about it in the back, because I, th I think I see someone talking about in the back office. I, the biggest frustration I have in the back office is we have 42 different things on the operatory counters, on the walls, old posters. We have Sonicare and Oral-B and, and Burst, and we have, you know, this coupon and that coupon and, and like us on Facebook. And it's so cluttered. It's oh so cluttered. And then you lay in the chair. There's really not much to look at. There's nothing to do. Then you look up, there's a water stain. Maybe the, the magazines are like from four years old. Like these are all the things that you should be thinking about because the here's my biggest thing is people don't like to come to the dentist. I know everybody's surprised about it, but they don't like to come to the dentist. So they're going to find every reason not to come. So if they can look around and they go, oh, it was kind of dirty on the wall. And oh, there's the old magazines and oh, it doesn't matter how amazing your dentist is. They're going to find a reason not to come to your office. So don't give them reasons. Like do everything you can do in your power. At least, I mean, we can't fix the fact that we put drills and needles in their mouths. We can't. I mean, that's just what we do for a living. 
but we can make everything else as best as possible. And I'm not saying it has to be a spa and, you know, aromic aromatherapy and stuff, but just make it a great place for your patients to be comfortable. That's it. Don't, don't make it professional, clean, something that, you know, they, uh, they enjoy it. And, you know, we have people commenting here saying somebody left a pediatrician's office because of something like this. Somebody yep. else just said that uh, as a patient, I notice all those things and it drives me nuts. And so- women are the decision makers for um, healthcare. So make sure you and your doctor in your office understand that we had to change our brand internally, the colors and stuff, because we had a very, it was a male um, doctor, but then we had a female associate join on as a partner and we needed to soften everything because everything very male, you know, burgundies and and guitars. And we had to change and put some blues in and some flowers because ultimately it was the the moms of the families that make the decision on healthcare. So you want to make sure you're, you're in tune with that. Absolutely. And, you know, you should also kind of want to be, again, Laura and I are now just talking. This is what usually happens on the show. (laughs) But this is when the best conversations happen, I think. You know, this is why I call it marketing and mocktails because it's like two friends enjoying a drink and just kind of chatting. Um, you know, another, like looking back at my experience working in a pediatric dental office for 10 years, like you said, it's so important for you to be able to connect with moms. Um, and even if you were to a GP office, again, moms are your, usually moms are your target client, no matter what, usually they are the decision makers when it comes to healthcare. And, you know, what can you do to be a solution for them? Yeah. So. That's such an important part. And I think that your company kind of helps provide that as well on, you know, as a mom, if you're expecting a mom to stay on the phone with you for an hour to figure something out, or as a mom, you're expecting them to call you back for an appointment, or as a mom, you're expecting them to sit in a treatment acceptance room or like, you know, in your treatment room for two hours waiting for the treatment coordinator to fix paperwork or. Right. Great question. Actually, I've, I've been on a million podcasts and this is like the first time he's brought this up. So Manal, I love it. This is great. Mom to mom or, you know, talking about yeah. this kind of stuff, women and women. Um, I would say there's probably three or four things. One would be technology. We don't have time to answer calls, call back, um, get on the phone for a long time. So give us the technology we need to, let me see what's going on in your practice, social media. Let me know how to make an appointment. Let me confirm my appointment. So that, right. Second of all, my time is is important and it's and I talk about this with scheduling. So if you tell me to be here at two o'clock for an appointment, I want to be sat by two, two or five. I don't want to be sat at two twenty. And if you tell me I have a 50 minute appointment, I want to be out by three o'clock. I don't want to be out at four o'clock. So at time is urgent. If my kid has an appointment and we have to go to soccer after this and you tell me his appointments, 45 minutes, I want to be in and out in 45 minutes. Right. The third thing I think is for me, it's know what the heck you're talking about. And this is a big thing I think that isn't taught a lot in our industry, but when there's a balance on the account, that's the biggest thing for me is know what you're talking about because so many offices, especially with moms, we've got two, three kids, we got a husband, we're in a family account, whatever. And I walk out and you're like, oh, you owe $42. Well, why? This was just a cleaning. Well, it's from a last balance, but well, what is it from? Oh, I'm not really sure. Maybe it was a downgrade. I go to the next person. What's this from? Oh, I think they denied the sealants. Well, what's this from? Oh, I don't, I'm not really sure. I think it's your husband's downgrade. You know what? Figure out the balance and then call me with it. I'm leaving. I'm not paying. And then it grows and it grows and it grows. So my biggest pet peeve is if you don't know where the balance is coming from, figure it out. Know somebody who's doing it to tell the mom clearly or whoever you're going to have a higher chance of collection percentage when you're very clear about where that balance came from. But if they go to two or three people in your office and they get two or three answers, they're not going to pay. They're not going to, they're not going to do it. Right. So I think that's the biggest thing for me is technology, you know, give me honor my time and then be really clear with the communication. Cause I need to know what we're talking about so that I can move on and go to my next thing. Cause we're, we're balancing a lot in life, everybody in general. And it's also a trust factor. Right, completely. Huge, huge trust factor. So if I have a non-verbal is, uh, 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 you're supposed to pay today, it, they're not gonna pay. So all of that. And it's the same with confirmation calls. I mean, your verbal skills and your non-verbal skills have to match. You know, We need you to show up for this appointment. We booked you and your four kids. You better all show up because we need you here. 
you know, I recently, this is from my own personal things maneuvering around. So I work with dentists, but I also work with consultants and, you know, speakers and business owners, different businesses as well. And recently we changed up. So last year, the way I work is I have strategy calls set schedule. So most times, you know, that you go to my calendar, you schedule a strategy call. Um, and what I noticed last year was few times people try to cancel on me within 24 hours. Yeah. Now the issue with that is that's two hours of my time. Right. That was set aside for you. And it's not just two hours of my time. As a strategist, I need to have a plan for you. I need to have right. a strategy. Yeah. For you. So I'm preparing for all this work that you and I are now going to discuss. And I said, well, that's not okay. So right. what we ended up doing is I changed the verbiage on my agreement, which said that you are required to give me seven days notice to avoid a 10% rebooking fee. Okay. Bold and clear right there. And you have to sign. That's where exactly where you sign. You say that you agree with everything. Out of a sudden, people stop canceling on me. Uh -huh. <laughs> right. you know? But, and now even, you know, obviously if somebody cancels and there was something that happened, obviously, yes, things happen, sure. life happens, I get it. But in that, you know, and that kind of just makes me think about all these things that we have with, well, do we charge for a cancellation? Do we charge for a late fee? Do we charge for all of this with our patients as well? And from what I have seen and from my perspective, it's like you said, to be being confident and right. taking a stand on what is allowed, what is okay, right. what is not okay. But because it's communicated beforehand, it doesn't come as a shock. Right. And that's the thing. So cancellations and no-shows is probably the hottest topic. That, right. I don't know. It's been the hottest topic since I started in dentistry. I think it always For is. Decades. Decades um, upon decades. Forever. So, and here's the thing. I mean, you just kind of open a topic again, right? So we're just going to go there. Um, here's the thing. We put drills and needles in patients' mouths. They're, and they're going to, they're, they don't want to do that. So they're going to cancel with us before they cancel with anybody else. I mean, they're just going to, that's just, we put drills and needles in the mouth. Plus we've set up a culture um, where it's okay to cancel with us. We've made it okay. So I think there's three types of cancellations and I'm not gonna go too deep in this because right. I don't have a lot of time, but new patient cancellations, doctor production cancellations and hygiene cancellations. There's three different reasons that patients cancel depending on what their appointment is. But specifically for hygiene, the issue is we have become too easy and too nice when it comes to canceling. Oh, you can't make it today. Are you sure? Cause you know, we, we really, we confirmed this appointment with you. Okay. Well let's reschedule you for tomorrow. Oh, you can't make it today. And let's reschedule you for the next day. But if you were to do that to your hairdresser, people will cancel with us to go to their hairdresser because they know if they cancel with their hairdresser, they can't get in for three weeks, three weeks. Right. And the gray hair is showing. So we have to change our philosophy. And whether you charge your fee or not, I'm not going to go there, but we have to change our philosophy about being more confident in the fact that we have a cancellation policy and we need you to follow this. And if you keep doing this to us in our schedule, we can't keep reappointing you. You know, we don't have to be the dentist for everybody. We don't have to continually put flakes in our schedule, right? You wouldn't do it if you had somebody in your schedule. If they did that to you once or twice, you'd probably say, you know what? call me same day. If I have an opening, I'll see if I can talk to you because you're not going to keep doing that to you. And so many dental offices do that. And I think that's, again, you know, like Laura said with everything, confidence, verbal mm -hmm. skills, nonverbal skills, communication, and so much more. And I did think that we have, we had a question where somebody wanted to know about black back office rocks. Oh yes. <laughs> so so I started in the industry in front office and I'm all about front office. I'm a front office rock star myself. I'm an office manager. I love front office, but um, we now have enough. We have over 200 videos on front office rocks plus webinars, documents, all that. It's pretty established. We're pretty good. We're, we're the resource for your front office. And we got asked over and over again, what about back office? What about back office? And so about three months ago, we launched, launched back office rocks, which is just part of front office rocks. It's one fee. It's not an additional thing but it's the same concept when it comes to the back. So we're teaching verbal skills, customer service, the importance of experience to the hygienist, to the dental assistants, to the team and to the doctor, because the doctor needs to know that too. So it's a combination of front and back because it's a team, you know, the patient experience through the whole office needs to be amazing. 
Um, and so, yeah, so we've added all that to our website and we're adding new stuff all the time. I'm adding new content, new documents, new training, just we want to be a resource to help offices because with like things like this, this with you and what I've got, you don't have to take everybody to a conference all the time. You can sit everybody down for like 10, 15 minutes, watch a video and work on something that your team needs to improve on. Absolutely. So Linda, Linda is who asked about this. Linda, feel free to go to Front Office Rock's website and yep. there's information with Back Office Rock. So people yep. who are waiting for this to come out, it came out a couple of months ago, yeah. available for you. And I see John Stampers on here too. So hey, hey John. <laughs> uh, you know what John's calling us? John, uh, uh, John actually commented and said, "Woohoo is the Sam Hatch show." Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so funny. We're, we're making it room, right? That's so funny. I'm so glad to see so many friendly faces on here. This is awesome. Yes, uh, let's just say uh, Tom. Hi Tom. Hi Kristen. Hi Dorothy. Hi Melinda. Hi Linda. Hi Rhonda. Hi uh, John. Jessica, Kristen, again, Robin Bettich. Hello, Robin. Uh, Jennifer Young, hi. And I see that we, we got like 25 reactions. So if you do not get to say hi to you, I'm so sorry. But you have to comment so I know who you are so I can say hi to you. Um, yeah, so Laura, we are actually over our time limit. Uh-oh. Um, I was surprised that we wouldn't be over our time. I mean, you know, I expected it with us. I know, right? So if somebody wants to reach out to you, somebody wants to learn more about everything that you offer, not just, you know, front aspects rocks, but back office rocks and all that yeah. good stuff, how do they reach out? Just honestly, just go to my website. There's a live chat. So it's frontofficerocks.com. There's information on there. There's sample videos. You can go to our live chat, which is right there. Ask my team members anything you want to know. I'm speaking. I'm going to Smiles at Sea. We have events. We have our own live event coming up in DC in August. We're on YouTube. We have... I'm I'm pretty much everywhere, kind of. I'm currently in Anaheim. I'm in a hotel room, in case anybody didn't know. I'm going to the California Dental Association tomorrow. So I came up here early to do this. So, But just go on Front Office Rocks, and my team's there to help you with whatever you need. Wonderful. And I just have to make a last, last announcement. I'm uh, The MDA, uh, Minnesota Dental Association, came up with this fantastic program called the Entrepreneurship Bootcamp, which is probably going to turn into a longer program, but it's pretty much for dental practices that are um, been practicing less than 10 years. And it's a business side of dentistry. I'm speaking there. I'm keynoting there on Saturday um, in Minneapolis. I'm flying to Minneapolis tomorrow. And the reason I wanted to give a shout out to you, Laura, and this program was because there is such a thing called business side of dentistry. Oh, yeah. And it is extremely important that you are knowledgeable in that part because at the end of the day, it's a business. Yep. Um, you know, and we are all healthcare providers and my husband's a physician, I'm a hygienist, I get it. We put our patients first, which we should always put our patient first and that's how we are going to um, give back and grow as a business. But there are tips and tricks and strategies and do's and don'ts and um, falling down and getting up and not knowing and knowing. There's a lot. So definitely look into the business side of dentistry in your own practice. Look at where you need help. And there are amazing resources in our industry. So reach out. Right. That's a, the whole reason I wrote my book is called Step Away from the Drill because so many dentists focus on more production. That's how they're going to fix things. And production's great, but you need to be focusing on the business. You have to step away from the drill, have meetings, learn how to market, learn how to train, learn how to communicate. You're going to do more production if you do that. So we're on the same page 100%. Wonderful. Everybody who's, now that this is a podcast, if you're listening, thanks for listening. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks.